0: Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just want to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled *Frankenstein: A Life Beyond*. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, and this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E-N-C-E. LAdusliterary.com. thanks
1: now on with the show welcome to hindsight is 2020 a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it and i can prove it with my usual flawless logic these two idiots we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. So get ready to say huh? In a movie full of Asian, Latin, and European actors who speak English as a second language, and also Sylvester Stallone. The life has got to. There should be a kind. When's the last time you saw your animals? I'm Taking a count of mine as uh, you boy to the canteen. Is that English? With your host, Pete. and Greg Ah! Ah! and we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. You cold blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Expendable time. Well, it sure is. Or, oh, hey, pal, it's time to get into a Expendables. Too bad they weren't made when Sinatra wasn't around. Oh, yeah, well. Dean, Dean Martin. Yes, the Expendables. That's what we're doing. One, Finally! Two and re- yes. <laughs> 1, 2, and 3 have been made. All have been seen by at least one of us. Expendables 2 being seen by both of us. It's essentially the same movie three times anyways. So... We're gonna immediately hindsight and say what a horrendous waste of opportunity to have these guys in a movie and have it have all three of them be incredibly stupid. So that I just buried the lead right there with my review. Well, as
0: long as you want to hold back on your feelings, yeah.
1: So brief history, expendables came out 2010 and i
0: was gonna say i'm i'm kind of the newbie to the series here i actually just watched expendables 2 the other day um yeah what what is the whole how did this all come about
1: well there was some little trivia about this actually being a thought you know back in the early 90s the heyday of arnold bruce and sly not really sly but there was talk about it, and all they ended up doing was buying Planet Hollywood restaurants together, and and that was about it. Well, that all worked out well. And they really... These movies did not come about until at least two-thirds of that core realized, well, we really don't have much of a career
0: anymore. <laughs> We're not truly bankable by ourselves.
1: Yeah, so... You know, use our, our Frank Sinatra rule. It's <laughs> it's essentially it's a Cannonball Run theory. Hey, what can we do to have the Rat Pack together in a movie again? Well, wait twenty five years after they're important, and then put them in a movie in Cannonball Run. It'll be cheap. So that's kind of what we've seen here. Two thousand ten, Sylvester Stallone wrote and directed The Expendables, and it was supposed to be this big, huge mix-up of all of the your favorite action stars that you loved, like Dolph Lundgren and Jason Statham and J- Jet Li. Well, what about Arnold and Bruce Willis? Okay, well, we'll have them, but we'll have them in one scene for approximately four minutes of screen time. And
0: Yeah, I was busy uh, governating.
1: Exactly, yeah. No time for the movies. So that's what we got in the Expendables 1, and what it turned out to be was a awkward action movie <laughs> that was trying to create this new group with only this little scene in a church between Bruce Willis, Arnold, and Sylvester Stallone. And these winking little lines of, hey, I know you're really a governor in real life, and you used to play Rambo. So let's make a little joke on that and go back and do something else to go get Eric Roberts, our bad guy. And, and it was of the three movies, it was the only one that had any sort of sense of brains. <laughs> but honestly, the only interesting thing that came out of the Expendables was the behind the scenes making of documentary that was on re- or on uh, Netflix for a while. Well, didn't Sly kind of personally put himself
0: through hell getting that first one made? Wasn't he like hurt a ton?
1: Oh yeah, I mean yeah. he was in his early sixties when he shot that and was directing it, and yeah, the behind the scenes is incredible. I mean he tore his, I think he tore his Achilles or he ripped a tendon and he uh, ripped a, a muscle in his neck and. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, just all sorts of crap that he did, and they kept saying, "Well." You need to shut this down. I'm not shutting down for nothing. So, if there's anything that you can give Sylvester Stallone, it's that man's tolerance for pain in real life. It's quite impressive. Well, how
0: far back, because I've never seen them either, the Rambo and later day Rocky movies that he did, how how far in the rear view from 2010 would those have been? I'm assuming he kind of got, he was able to do this based off the success of those, but.
1: Yeah, those were like 2006, 2007, okay. somewhere okay. in that range. So, yeah, he was coming off of those. So that's that's fair to say that he had a little bit of clout because those were actually <clears throat> somewhat decent. Hmm. But, yeah, the, the Expendables, I mean, and then Expendables 2, Expendables 3 are essentially the same damn movie. It's just a, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone's character's name is Barney Ross, and he has a ragtag group of mercenaries for some reason that uh go and do jobs and try and get bad guys or something and end up just shooting a lot of things and blowing things up for essentially no real reason i mean well, it's, it's okay the epitome it's of playing
0: off of the action movie mantras though of the 80s especially oh yeah and the first lots one of things blew up
1: <laughs> yeah the first one definitely there was some some of that and then then you get into part two, and it's like, hey, I know what we really liked is exploding things, so we get John claude Van Damme as a bad guy, and let's explode things for even less reasons. <laughs> and let's uh, give Arnold and Bruce more to do of doing nothing.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, we'll get into it, but so many scenes of, oh, yeah, by the way, so-and-so is still around, and... uh hocus pocus boom they're out of the situation they were in because so and so showed up that happened like a lot <laughs> in that
1: movie yeah and like i told you the other day i think of all three movies one of the better performances is, is liam hemsworth and the huh. uh the thor brother is in part two and he actually looks like he's trying it's like he didn't get the memo that oh wait no kid you're not actually supposed to try you're supposed to look like you're having fun. <laughs> he's like, oh, wait, I thought I was acting. I Terry Crews was fine. Well, yeah, yeah, he's he's got his fun moments. And then uh, I just recently saw the recently released Expendables 3, and oh, boy. Now, did Sly write both of these sequels as
0: well, or did he step back after that first one?
1: Uh, he has story by credit, and another guy came in and directed uh, 2 and 3. Okay. But he does have the story, and I guess he worked on the screenplays as well. I I could only, unless they're just going off of he did the story for the first one, and that's the kind of generalized story. I don't know, but, yeah, Expendables 3. Oh, God. (laughs) Mel Gibson's the bad guy. Enlighten me. (laughs) It's, uh, in one word, Awful.
0: Well, who have we added to the crew or dropped from the crew? I believe Bruce Willis is gone in number three, right?
1: Yeah, Bruce Willis had a famous uh, falling out where he was asking for some astronomical amount of money for, like, three days or worth of work. He wanted, like, I don't know, $3 million. and Million a day, come on. Stallone that's... basically just said, uh, yeah, you can go F off. And, and uh, he, Harrison Ford came in because the... You know, we're we're fully into spoiler territory on a show like this. So Bruce Willis plays a character for the CIA, or I guess the CIA, who is kind of that contact, who contacts the mercenary groups, one led by Stallone. There's a mercenary group led by Schwarzenegger and hires them to go do these subterfuge jobs or whatever. An awful lot of these mercenary groups running around out there. <laughs> but that's the problem is that Schwarzenegger's group... It consists of virtual nobodies, and they're gone fairly quickly in the second movie so that he's ending up just helping Stallone. And then in the third movie, he's just full-on there helping Stallone. So it's it doesn't even mean anything. But Bruce Willis wanted all the money, so he was gone, and Harrison Ford comes in now. And you're thinking, oh, God, we're back to Crystal Skull territory. It's grumpy puss coming in for idiot willis and nope he came in and he they said they got rid of bruce willis character and he's the new contact with the cia and god help me harrison ford looks like he was having a good time Mm. what it's amazing that it could still happen in this day and age that Harrison Ford <laughs> looked like he had a twinkle in his eye. He looked like a frickin' great-grandfather, but he looked like he had a twinkle in his eye.
0: Well, it, it would be nice to see that man enjoying something
1: again. <laughs> but, oh, oh, my God. I, I <laughs> Okay, let's get into this because Expendables movies are, in and of themselves, <laughs> supposed to be shoot them up, bang them up, yeah, big action things and whatnot.
0: Or whatever the line was in 2, track them, find them, kill them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to tell you all you people how to do your jobs, but if we don't keep making these movies, I'm going to die. <laughs> so what happens is is that these three movies, you go steadily downhill from, okay, there's a basic outline of going to get the bad guy and they mercenaries with guns, And they're going to kill people until they're stuck and they got to get out. Fine. But somehow they managed to go through three movies in decreasing order (laughs) to a point now where I would hope and pray for some, some form of, I don't know, logic or... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kind of movies you think you're watching here? I, I, movies that are, have a third <laughs> that is a part three that you'd think they would just say, well, can we just stop for one moment and do the old hindsight as 2020 bit we've always said? Why is he doing this? Well, how, he how quickly to? have
0: these movies been released? All right, so the first one came out in 2010. 10,
1: uh, I think the other one was 12. Okay. So about every yeah, two so, so every 2 years, yeah. And oh man, it, it just it just goes to, down to a point where there is no possibility of doing the old-fashioned shut your mind off and just enjoy the explosions. It's impossible because your mind keeps getting awakened by your hand slapping your forehead going, "What in the hell is that?" <laughs>
0: Well so let's go let's go through some of the list of offenses here. So if we were uh out right on the football field or something like that and the play goes horribly awry, what what kind of flags would we be throwing at this at this
1: franchise? Well you saw two. What would you say?
0: Well, I already mentioned one of them. Uh Chuck Norris and Arnold Schwarzenegger just randomly showing up because these guys are in a situation they can't get out of and just it's an excuse. Apparently, every five minutes for Arnold Schwarzenegger to go. I'll. I'm back. I'll be back. I'm back, over and over and over again. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The uh, Deus ex machina <laughs> propensity of the characters showing up really got on my nerves. Um. I never really felt, and I know this movie isn't really geared towards this, I never really felt invested in anything that was going on.
1: Exactly. There are no steaks. It was like
0: eating a bunch of Chinese food and, you know, "Eh, I'm pretty full. Oh, wait. I could could use more food.
1: Yeah, there are no stakes, and there is no logic. Well, you know all these guys are going to make it. Exactly. Even when the one guy didn't make it in two, I was still just kind of like, oh, all right, whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah they 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 attempt to not create a character, they're using their on screen personas as the potential gravitas the as you as the audience is supposed to have, so instead of Learning about Barney Ross and where he came from and the crew he created. No, we're seeing Sylvester Stallone and seeing Rambo and Rocky and Cobra and Over the Top and Rhinestone Cowboy and <laughs> whatever the hell else he was in. We're seeing that cliffhanger. We're seeing cliffhanger. Sure, yeah. sure. And uh, Demolition Man and and. uh Daylight and whatever else. <laughs> oh, daylight. <laughs> so we're seeing that. We're not seeing Barney Ross. And they didn't know which way to go. So now that's very
0: obvious because one minute they're trying to play like their actual characters. And yeah, the next minute they're just sitting there. Hey, remember this? Hey, remember what I said this? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and there's just there's no real cohesion. If they would have spent I don't know, two scenes in the first movie stating, "Hey Barney, how did you form your group?" or have a new character come on board in the first movie that says, "I need to hire you," and they'd get into that in the third movie. And the so that that character can be the eyes of the audience and learn about who this group is, where they came from. Are they all ex-military? Are they all Americans? How did they get formed? How did this guy become a mercenary? How did he become... How did he get his motorcycle? Whatever. Just anything to say where these people came from or just go with the fact that it's Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis and Schwarzenegger and Statham and Jet Li. Go with that fact And just play off of that and just simply say Barney Ross's character is just simply John Rambo. (laughs) He was a boxer who then went into the Vietnam Vietnam Army, but then when he got out, he found his son and won an arm wrestling tournament. But then he got cryogenically (laughs) frozen to go fight Wesley Snipes, then got sent sent back in time to start a mercenary group. I don't know. Anything to provide some semblance of a character that they thought they had, but they really didn't, and it drags it down because there's all these attempts at, we gotta care about these characters when no, we don't. And then there's well, okay, then we're just gonna have bland action. Well, your action is extremely bland, and no one gives a shit about these people. Would this work better as an action comedy? Yes. (laughs) It would definitely be not an airplane spoof, but an actual action comedy of instead of oh, let's have our trailer moments where these guys are big tough guys laughing because of the size of their guns. Go with that more. Just follow that instinct and say, all right, fine. We got all these guys on screen. Let's let them play. Not well. Let's try and force in. Jason Statham has a has a Buffy alum as a girlfriend for some reason who is dating someone else but she's not he what what? (laughs) I don't even remember if Charisma Carpenter was in the second one she was was credited
0: I think she might have been in one or two scenes and honestly I didn't I wasn't looking for her but I didn't even recognize her until the credits rolled and I went "Uh,
1: oh yeah (laughs) so (laughs) that was just strange it was just all around a huge misstep and you think oh well Expendables 2, Schwarzenegger's no longer governor. They can have him for longer. Maybe they'll put Bruce Willis in the field. We'll see how these guys fight. Hey, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Hey, it's Chuck Norris. Hey, they did nothing with them. <laughs> like you said, they. oh, we're in a tough situation. Oh, we're saved again. <laughs> again. Uh, thank you, Chuck Norris. <laughs> and we'll end the movie the same way. Stallone fights the bad guy and has a big bad takes him down and then has to do the Stallone all shoulder run towards the camera <laughs> for with running from an explosion. Uh, That's how Stallone sounds when he runs. <laughs> Tom Cruise sounds like this when he runs. <laughs> so, um yeah. And then part three has Mel Gibson as the bad guy. And there's supposed to be some sort of bad blood history where he used to work with Stallone. And it just doesn't go anywhere. And the choices that Mel Gibson's character makes in this movie are so goddamn dumb. I mean, there is... It's almost like they said... What's the logical thing that this guy's character can do here? Let's do the opposite. And they did that oh, yeah. every time.
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen movies like that. Well, what, what were some of the, again, we're still throwing flags on the field here.
1: <laughs> All right. Most egregious example. Expendables 3. It's the beginning of the movie, or near the beginning. Stallone and crew are going after... Uh, somebody. They don't have full knowledge as to who they're going after. They're just like, we need to be at this place, and there's these group of people we're going to kill or crack, capture or something. Great. So we go there, and we put a scope on to see who we're getting. Oh, look, there's a big bad arms dealer getting out of a helicopter or something like that, or and he's walking in. Let's look, and Stallone looks through and then has the Stallone reaction of, Oh, my God, I know that guy. And Statham's like, who's that? Oh, that's a guy. I used to. He used to work for us. I can't kill him. No. For some reason. Like, I can't
0: Because him. this is a trope of action movies.
1: Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The peanut gallery has to just chime in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Augie. So, Stallone does the whole, I can't kill this guy. Why not? He's a bad guy. Well, he was one of mine. Oh, no. Well, I mean, does...
0: Does he ever like actually do something bad, or it's just like Darth Maul? You see him, and you go, oh, "That guy looks evil."
1: Yeah, it's Mel Gibson, pretty much going, "I am evil." Okay. And so, what? Then they 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 try to get out, and they get into a firefight with bad guy henchmen or whatnot, and suddenly they're so called quote unquote trapped. Which they're clearly not. They could very easily escape. Well, from we, <laughs> my complaint before. I uh, know they're not actually trapped. So, what they end up doing is Mel Gibson is in a helicopter trying to escape. And he has got the most high powered sniper rifle. You'd think Lee Harvey Oswald on steroids with this sniper rifle. And he's up in the helicopter doing the Mel Gibson goofy grin and he's looking through the sniper rifle and stallone and crew are just standing out in this like open parking lot there's nothing to hide behind and he's aiming it and he's like oh i hate this guy oh i hate him so mel gibson looks to his thing he could shoot now what he does is he turns on terry cruz shoots him twice and says yeah deal with that and then flies away And the rest of the movie, Uh, the rest of the movie, Mel Gibson, I swear to God, says more than three times, and I think one of them's in the trailer, how hard is it to kill these guys? Uh, Well, it's (laughs) apparently not hard at all, because they were right in your damn sights. Oh, Does he really want to kill all of them, or just alone? He says over and over again, and in fact, I checked again before we recorded, it's in the trailer, one of the... Several times he says, in classic Mel Gibson form, "Come on, guy! How hard is it to kill ten men?" And sp- spends the rest of the time yelling at his henchmen for not being able to kill these guys. When there is nothing to, there is nothing shown on screen to switch his motivations from. Oh, I'm going to show them. To wait, he did something to me. Now I got to kill him. It's just, well, I'm going to shoot the one guy so that he gets scared. Next time I see him. I'm going to try and kill them all for some reason.
0: So, basically, the setup of the bad blood between these guys, we don't even really see. We see one random act, I guess, with the shooting of Terry Crews to emphasize this guy is a bad guy. And I don't know, does he live? Oh yeah. Or, or, yeah. Okay, I didn't know if they were playing the same card that they
1: did in the last one or not. Oh, we gotta go get him to revenge our dead friend. Well, they do. Stuff. They they do that because Stallone Schwarzenegger comes to see Stallone at the hospital when they're seeing Terry Crews there. Okay, and it's like, oh, I, I don't know what to do. I gotta kill this guy. And so instead of just going and, I mean, Mel Gibson's like this big high falutin. Uh, arms dealer that everyone knows where he is and Harrison Ford comes to him as the new CIA contact and says we really got to get this guy and I'll do whatever I can and so instead of just going and getting the guy Stallone has this ridiculous motivation of we're going to I'm just going to tell my normal expendables guys because they're obviously can be hurt because look what happened to Terry Crews so sorry guys we're just banding you're uh, firing you all For some reason, so goodbye, Jason (laughs) Statham. Your friend got shot. You fired. (laughs) So goodbye, Dolph Lundgren. Goodbye, Jason Statham. Can't deal with you anymore. I can't do it anymore. And then he immediately goes finds Kelsey Grammer. And. Well, who else would you go looking <laughs> for in these circumstances? And then he and Kelsey Grammer go on this <laughs> it's cute. We're going to round up a new team as they go and try and find a bunch of new expendables for some reason to go and kill Mel Gibson. It just.
0: Oh, no. Is the expendables falling into ER territory with replacementitis?
1: Yeah, but this is replacementitis in the fact of. Number one, it's more along the lines of, well, if we're going to keep doing these movies, we need younger people to carry the torch. And we say that more than once in character. Well, you got to carry it on or whatever. And you're young and you don't care.
0: So they go looking for Johnny from Karate Kid? Uh,
1: it would have been awesome if they that had found William awesome. Zopka. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> and Ralph Macchio, get them together. They need to. <laughs> <be together>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they go and they look for people and, oh, man, you talk about Mel Gibson's performance is horrible. What they do to Antonio Banderas in this movie oh, is yeah. de- it was horrible. A- it is absolutely, like, they turn him into this completely insane, um, almost, like, mentally retarded guy. And they're, they don't even... They, they think they're playing it for laughs, and you're just like, this is stupid. I think that's part of the problem. Um, I know
0: that S- Stallone and Schwarzenegger each took their stab at comedy, uh, um, but I don't think this is a group of people who, at the end of the day, really get jokes. Oh, I get it. I get jokes. <laughs> It would probably be better if you had other people, you know, writing this, and I I guess if the, again, the tone, it sounds like there's competing tones going on in the film, where one minute, oh, we're going to try to take this all seriously in macho action, the next
1: minute it's, and now it's just goofy reference time. Well, the Banderas character is god-awful. And then they bring in these newer actors that I don't really know. I mean, like Kellen Lutz and some UFC girl. Ronda and, Rousey? Sure. And, and there's a couple other guys that are expendable actors. And the fact that I don't even think they are given more than like 15 seconds of screen time. But it, it ends up being that now they're going to go after Mel Gibson when... Stallone spent all this time going, oh, we're getting too old for this, and I think we need to be out, and then doesn't spend any time saying I'm out. He just goes immediately to find a new crew of youngsters. And then his guys show back up and say, we're here to avenge Terry Crews, too. And he says, sorry, guys, I got a new team. What? And and, ah, I think and they-, <laughs> they would have done better
0: not to do a second revenge story coming on the heels of a <laughs> revenge story from part two.
1: Oh, I forgot they also at the very beginning broke Wesley Snipes out of jail and made a little in-joke of, what were you in jail for? Tax evasion. So it's like stupid shit like that of, that's a real-life reference. But it's not real life. It's this guy who happens to have the exact correlation to his actor who's playing him. They seem to like to try to do that meta stuff. And again, I think that's what we're going to boil down to. They need to do these movies and be meta and be logical. Like, actually, just put even the... You can blow shit up all you want, but give some semblance of logical motivation for your actors and your characters. Because the motivations of... Well, come on, they've got motivation? Revenge! Twice! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm talking about the individual scene-by-scene motivations. Oh, okay. To where these guys do things that make... I, I mean, even in the dumbest action movies I've ever seen, people do things according to the story for some semblance of a logical reason. And in this movie, they do things where they think, we're doing that because we think it's going to lead to a cool-looking action scene, and it doesn't. It just is so, I, that's just what my boiled down to. These three movies, as they exist, are so dumb. And it, <laughs> there's no reason on earth to have these types of people in this movie and be so dumb. Well, and, to ha- I... and to have Harrison Ford, to have Grandpa Solo show up and be the brightest shining beacon of happiness in the movie is ridiculous (laughs) it's just ridiculous and and, then missed opportunities i i go back to our smallville podcast there's a a sequence towards the end of part three where schwarzenegger's in a helicopter with jet lee and harrison ford as yet again they're coming to save barney and his guys from an impossible situation and they and Harrison Ford lands the helicopter on the roof, and there are two back-to-back moments in the movie where I'm watching it, and like I did on Smallville, where I'm dead honest, I while I'm watching it first time, my brain immediately is going, oh, no, they, here's what they need to do, and they just miss the low-hanging fruit. And there's well, what was it? Well, number one, you have Harrison Ford flying a helicopter, so he's in a, a pilot seat of something, and they're doing all these little... Sub joke in references for all of their major actors. How could they not do a, a, some form of a Millennium Falcon joke for this guy? Is beyond me, and they didn't. But then,
0: or even just his propensity for running around rescuing people in his helicopter.
1: That sure, yeah. But then, <laughs> it's happened a couple of times. <laughs> but then the Schwarzenegger. Oh my god, they they go for the dumbest. I'll things for Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. i be back. He does that. He does that early on. He's like, I'm back. And then he, twice in this movie, he does the joke off of the Predator, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. He does that twice in this movie. First, early on, he's like, just go on and get to the chopper. And then when he lands on the roof and the guys are waiting in the stairwell, he peeks around a corner. And my low hanging fruit joke was, oh, here's where he should say, come with me if you want to live. Nope. He says, come on, guys, let's get to the chopper. And it's like, oh, God, this movie has nothing to redeem itself. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing to redeem itself at all. And, uh, I, I well, know. I'm going
0: to, I'm going to reach back to one of our previous podcasts too. Actually, the last one we did. So this sounds like the anti oceans movie franchise (laughs) where you've got an ensemble that it's not kind of a smooth ride you don't see these guys necessarily having a whole lot of fun together it's not kind of smart or quirky or trying for anything along those lines even this to me sounds more like I think it's more of an indication of kind of where franchise movies and action movies are today and what Hollywood has boiled down to you can call it lowest common denominator filmmaking, you can call it branding, you can call it whatever you want, but it the model goes something along the lines of, oh Well, we've got names that we know people are going to want to come into the movie and see. We probably don't have to pay an arm and a leg for this stuff. It doesn't really matter if the thing's full of plot holes because the audience is mostly there just for the action anyways. So we can turn these things around pretty quick and we can showcase some new actors and actresses coming in that we might be able to extend the life of this thing off of. I mean, if I'm wearing a Hollywood suit, that's, that's where my brain is with this.
1: But then I would be a producer that would say, okay, can you give us a week and we'll work on the script and get logic into it and then we'll go.
0: Well, you're that kind of producer, sure.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. If you're a
0: producer who says, yeah, babe, that's great. Yeah.
1: I don't know. If I were to hindsight the Expendables, I would say you use the Ocean's Eleven model, the Ghostbusters. Use Booster. it. Use it. <laughs> the Blade model. The uh, Use the model of Ghostbusters, for crying out loud. Show the formation of the team. That would be the easiest way to say that's how you can make the first movie a hook into who these people are. And then if you're going to go on forever and your core is going to be Stallone, Statham, Lundgren, Randy Couture, Terry Cruz, and Jet Lee, because that's your main guys. Then show them forming the team, not just, oh, okay, well, these guys are a team for some reason. Because look, yeah, heck, there's I Crazy Panther. The Fast
0: and the Furious movies have gone back and kind of fixed all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why they're so <laughs> damn successful, is they've yeah. made it like a family. So just show how these guys formed or have some sort of mention of, oh, remember when we fought in Granada? Oh, or Panama? That was rough. Yeah. No, it was. there's none of that. There's just Dolph Lundgren says to Jet Li, you're short. And Jason Statham says to Sylvester Stallone, you're old. And then. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, it, the male bonding. <laughs> and, and, and that is it. That's it. And then they never go any further. And, it's, and then they're expected to be like, oh, oh, look, these guys are back on screen. Can't you wait? No, I can't wait to see these guys do nothing. <laughs> together because it, it doesn't mean anything. And the fact that it goes to even further lengths of not caring is amazing.
0: Yeah, I agree. You got to go back through and you got to actually put some characters or some story behind these people other than, look, they're running around from point A to point B on this. It it really felt at points like it was, and again, this may be by design kind of for the video game generation your mission now is to go here and
1: do this. But it really wasn't, though. There was that mission sense to it, and you think, okay, well, I could kind of go with that. But then even a video game has, has some semblance of a stair step of logic to how you're going to do things to escape. This is just, I'm going to end up over here, you're going to end up over there, and then we're going to shoot to go right back to where we were Yeah, I didn't say it was a good video game, but, <laughs> without I mean, you accomplishing know, anything. you run around, you shoot a bunch of people,
0: and then something happens, and it ends, and then Bruce Willis shows up and gives you the next leg <laughs> of the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was a video game you want to play.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, my biggest hindsight to him would just be, yeah, just create some semblance of a character and go back and make the first movie a putting the team together thing. Don't, don't just have a team in place. Have the guys, have the actors there, and put the team together. Or if you did it the first movie and said, okay, well, this is all great, fine. Then the second movie, when you have these extra people, say you're forming a bigger super mercenary team, and then you're going to bring them all on, and you have to fight something other than what you just fought. Make a different bad guy. First movie, bad guy is Eric Roberts and he has henchmen, and they do drug running, something or another. Second movie, bad guys Jean-Claude Van Damme and he has henchmen, and they do stuff. I don't even remember what the hell is Jean-Claude uh, was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Something to do with selling plutonium. Well, and then Mel Gibson has henchmen and is an arms dealer for some reason. <laughs> Because, <laughs> yes. and now we're gonna get revenge. Uh, uh, yeah, have them go in to stop terrorists or something, any anything. Jesus. Well, and the big thing for me too is it just wasn't
0: fun. It wasn't fun to watch these guys. It wasn't fun to hang out in that world. It again. It just it happened. It was fine. I mean, I, I didn't get anything beyond what I was kind of expecting based on some of the reputation of these movies and everything. But, yeah, I, why can't it be more fun to go back in with these this group of guys and really kind of do some world building and have some fun with the premise? If you're going to get everybody together to play,
1: play. Or... More important, or as Leon would say, more importantly. <laughs> oh, Leon. <laughs> I will hold my applause. <laughs> make it a rescue mission. You don't need to have one of these guys be a bad guy, quote-unquote, and follow the same formula. Make, make part three a rescue mission and have Mel Gibson as an ex-expendable who got caught behind enemy lines somewhere or something, and then just simply make it a pure and simple rescue mission.
0: That's Or up, up the stakes on some human level that we can, like, understand and get on board with.
1: Yeah, again, I think that's why the Liam Hemsworth thing sticks out with me in the second movie, because he's, like, you know, this young Turk kid that Jean-Claude Van Damme is going to torture or whatnot. And, it seems like, oh, well, you actually had almost a level of an actual character you cared about. But I don't know, I don't know where how I was going with that, but it was something along the lines of just a, a, you know, make a rescue mission. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Why why the latest and last Rambo movie kind of worked is because it went back to There are generic bad guys, but the story is mainly focusing on the mercenaries, Rambo, and the people they're going to save. It wasn't a, here's this guy, he's a bad guy, and we're going to go get him. But we're not, because we need him alive, but we're still going to blow up everything around him for some reason
0: (laughs) we're just gonna indiscriminately kill as many people as we can and hopefully things will turn out okay in the end
1: yeah and i i know it's supposed to be taken as movie logic but i'm really just done with the idea that wesley snipes could stand next to sylvester stallone in a building that's empty somewhere and Ubeki something stan and, and shoot endlessly without ever replacing a clip in their gun. Ever. He some is just point.
0: that badass, sir.
1: At some <laughs> point, you have to reload. <laughs> Don't care how video gamey or how goofy you want to go. At some point, you just have to reload your gun. And. Oh, God. It's just just never ended. Yeah, take, take
0: out the convenient rescues, put some basic stakes in place, some logic in place, make us care about, if not the characters, at least what the heck is going on.
1: Or, for the love of God, give some sort of a backstory that says all of these guys were in a military platoon together back in, you know, if they're all in their 60s, they were all in Vietnam together. Or, you know, that era or late 70s. Oh my gosh, are we
0: going back to the A-Team movie? Are we going to praise something about the
1: A-Team movie? It's very possible. (laughs) But you could have a very good premise by saying there was this super kick-ass Green Beret platoon, whatever, in Vietnam. And all these guys got older and all these guys went off and did different things. And then each time you make one of these movies, a different actor, like I heard Pierce Brosnan said, I'll be in one of those movies. Then every time somebody comes along, you're like, "Oh, here's another guy from the five zero first platoon from Vietnam that we we lost track of, and he was our our medic or something." Yeah, and they
0: don't all have to go on Stallone's magic airplane or whatever. I mean, they can meet up with them for information, or you know, stay at their place if they need help or something like that.
1: It's kind of what they did with the Kelsey Grammar characters. He was oh, okay. he was kinda of this guy that just suddenly happens to know all these other random mercenaries that exist out there that he can go find. Well,
0: Frazier is a smart man.
1: <laughs> and they really missed some opportunities there too. Like, Jesus, just follow the guidelines of X Men uh day of uh First Class when they had their recruitment scene there. I had some problems with that, but at least they had the Hugh Jackman joke where they had a recruitment fail. The problem here is that every single recruitment thing you saw Sylvester Stallone and Kelsey Grammer go to look at ended up being an expendable. You didn't have a single one where, well, there's this guy and he's a little crazy and show him in some sort of fist fight with somebody and think, I don't know, he's pretty good, I could use him, and then he gets his, like, he his head knocked off or something. It's like, well, that didn't go well. I guess we'll have to keep looking.
0: There well, was... no, from what you're saying, it sounds like they should have left Antonio behind.
1: Well, they, they kind of did. Oh, okay. But he still ends up being there. But there's no semblance of humor that's just sitting there waiting for humor to happen, where you're traveling all over and you're recruiting. Just have one of the guys that you look at not make it. Just fail. Or something, Any sort of humor that we're expected to think these are funny or anything, and they're not at all.
0: <laughs> like I said, I don't think comedy is the strongest suit for this particular group.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, it was something I'm sitting there as I'm watching it without even any hindsight whatsoever. I'm thinking, okay, one of these they've got to have either the Hugh Jackman telling them to F off, or they just look at some... I mean, there's one of uh, one of the... I think it was Kellen Lutz, where he's he's having some sort of random brawl in the midst of sweaty guys in Mexico or something like that. Have one of those guys, like, oh, he's get... Or, or hell, have the guy he's fighting be the one that they originally came for and just change it up and be like, oh, wait, but what about that kid? Let's go recruit him. No, it's just... well. I have this magical list of people for you, Sly, and we're just going to go grab them all, and they're all going to say yes, and we're done.
0: Well, stop me if this actually happened in the movie, but if they were going and recruiting new people, why couldn't one of the recruits that they got have been working for
1: Mel Gibson? That would have been fine as well, Eh? but that didn't happen. Again, intrigue in the group? Eh? No twists, no turns, (laughs) no surprises, just simply checking off the list, which goes back to the worst thing you could do I learned in screenwriting class and producing class at school the worst thing you can do is waste someone's time and I felt like watching Kelsey Grammer and Sylvester Stallone going was just simply you could have just as easily skipped ahead and said here are the guy, your new crew Sly I found this guy here and this guy here and this guy here he could have told us in ten minutes or in, in ten seconds who these people were because going to see grabbing them all was utterly useless. It did nothing.
0: <laughs> it did absolutely. Oh, it's it's Harry Potter five the video game. <laughs> around the castle looking for everyone.
1: <laughs> you gotta go over here and grab this person. What well, can clean I up call? Some him? armor. Can I just call him on a telephone? I know it's not Magic World, but uh, forget it. Again. Oh, big time, forget it. Again. <laughs> Uh, I I keep rambling on on Expendables, but, you know. They, they maybe maybe probably...
0: next time we'll get Expendables the
1: musical. Now there would be something. I'm back to kick some ass. Well, based on where we are here, I think the will maybe make another one, depending on how this one ultimately does at the box office. Pierce Brosnan says he wants to be in it. Let's just play here to end. Who else is out there that has not been in these movies that you think should be?
0: Well, now, okay. Before I start trying to list anybody, you said there's been discussion of them doing a female
1: hero version of this. Yeah, franchise? there was something going around called the of Bells, and it was Zoe Bell who was uh, she was Uma Thurman's stunt double in all the Kill Bill movies and then ended up Quentin Tarantino cast her in, uh, I think it was death proof. One of those Mm -hmm. two grindhouse movies. She was in that. And she's a, basically a stunt woman who's become an actor. She was in lost very briefly. So I think she was in it. And then Gina Carano, the MMA act, uh fighter who Soderbergh made Haywire and she was in fast and furious. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people like that—they were trying to figure out let's do a female version of this, but I think it's floundered because you and I talked about it briefly, and I think it's probably true there really aren't many to choose from. That it's Uh, you can throw in Sigourney Weaver. I mean, you can go Sigourney Weaver, Angelina Jolie,
0: and I think uh, we've got one Buffy alum in there. Let's throw in Buffy.
1: There you go. You can put Buffy in there too. Why not? And then do the Expendables, and then, in part six, they all meet together and have the Expendables. <laughs> Guys versus girls. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to fight aliens for some reason. I feel like we're doing the end of 22 Jump Street here, which, for those who have not seen, it's basically doing this. They they are They're in on the joke. The entire ending credit sequence spoilers for 22 Jump Street is them just doing 29 Jump Street. They're going to Barber College and 30 Jump Street. Uh-oh, they're going to computer school and and just completely doing inside jokes cuz they know it, it is a joke. Kind of what this would turn out to be with the Expendables. <laughs> Well, let's see,
0: other male actors who we think might work or should get a shot in here. So you mentioned Pierce.
1: Yeah, they had some sort of falling out with Steven Seagal. They were trying to get him, so I don't know if he would do it. Well, that might be for the (laughs) (laughs) best. I am just trying to think of people of that era. Um, I don't know. As I say it out loud, I start thinking, well, who is there? I, I, there really isn't anybody. We can CGI Steve McQueen in this thing. Oh, sure. I mean, Tom Cruise is still too much of a major star to need it. This almost seems like this has to be for people who have already started to hit the back nine of the career. Already uh, peaked Already already peaked, yeah.
0: You're looking for a little exposure, a paycheck, get you back out there in front of people.
1: Yeah, in about another 10 years, Will Smith and Tom Cruise could show up and reboot Expendables. Mm, Could happen. And Daniel Craig, when he gets rid of Bond, maybe someday. But I don't... I can't think of too, too many guys who would actually... Cause I think of the Ocean's Eleven crew, and I think none of those guys would dumb themselves down to do this. <laughs> That's why I'm amazed that Pierce Brosnan would say he would do it. I, I don't, I can't imagine that he would dumb himself down to do it either. Well,
0: I, you know, like I said, get a pick, quick paycheck, get
1: your face back out there. Who knows what it could lead to. Yeah, I think they really need to get Ward and Miller, the guys who did 22 Jump Street in the Lego movie, and just go ahead and know this is a farce, and nah,
0: you, you got at least at least one more "quote unquote" serious go around with this before they would go that route.
1: Not a far, that See again, going to the twenty-one Jump Street, twenty-two Jump Street is that it is an action movie. It is treated seriously, but there is an absolutely beautiful blend of farce along with it to it, they know there's these nice little touches of this is ridiculous while continuing to never break that there's still a story to be told, and action to do. So it, it would just be the perfect balance to do for the Expendables because I think they've done three of them and they've proven that they suck and they can't do it, so why not? Because at this point it's just, you can't keep doing this. It's It's so... Dumb! I can't imagine a day, that they that this movie is going to do very well. But, I was going
0: to say, but if it's popular,
1: they're not going to mess with the formula. Yeah, I think we've seen we've seen die. enough evidence of that. I think people have seen the evidence and realized, okay, you're just not doing anything different. You're just doing it worse. It's just nothing changing. So I, uh, I don't know. one day they'll be back. <laughs> uh, I've rambled on enough about the Expendables. I think that's enough, but uh, what what are your thoughts? Seeing that you've only seen the second one, so I won't feel as bad for monopolizing too much, but I feel bad enough. So what, what are your thoughts on the Expendables and its idiocy based on what I've told you and what you saw?
0: Oh, again, I think I've pretty much weighed in on this at this point, but, yeah, just... Pick a tone, stay consistent with it, make the films more fun, give some humanizing characteristics to either the characters or to the overall plot, and just make it more of an enjoyable ride. Keep you can keep the explosions. I don't care about that. But yeah, give give me something to invest in.
1: Make the characters Fearful of things blowing up around them, not just all a bunch of robots. Yeah. <laughs> They're very
0: static, one-note people, and human beings typically aren't
1: that way. I'm going to keep shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting while you're shooting around me, and I don't even pay any attention to you shooting around me. I'm just going to keep shooting.
0: It's like all of these guys are just suffering from some kind of stress Problem or something? Yeah, I can't feel nothing, so I'm gonna kill John Claude Van Damme and take his head off. Here you go, it's in the bag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you. Why? <laughs> uh, expendables are definitely expendable because they're just done. It, it <laughs> they, they could have been so much better, and all they had to do was put a semblance of logic and character and. We wouldn't be standing here right now saying this. Well, I think you're going to have to get a
0: different production team, or you're going to have to have, and I don't know, the third movie might be an indication that they're trying to go in this direction. You're going to have to have some newer blood, so to speak, uh, kind of at the helm here.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the way it has to go. I just wish in our hindsight way that these things would have occurred four years ago, but it just, nope that's where they failed that's my final word on it and the perfect way that I could end it is instead of saying come with me if you want to live I'm going to say get to the chopper DeVito <laughs> that would well, be the dumbest thing to ever say
0: uh, yes <laughs> alright well if we don't wrap up, wrap up this podcast soon everybody's going to die
1: Yeah. It's what running. the hell was that that's stallone running oh, okay. towards expendables 4 oh yeah well, that's what we gotta do we got uh, what was the idea it was uh the next one has to bring in carl weathers and mr t and hulk hogan and they have to end up in some old boxing ring
0: oh there we go yeah just for no good reason they're just stopping and boxing every couple of minutes <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly Dolph Lundgren and uh,
1: Stallone are just, all right, let's go. <laughs> just a big rumble royale between the five of them. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky 7. I mean, uh, here we go. <laughs> hey, hey, you're all going to die. <laughs> uh, Expendables out, I believe. Woo. Yay. What the- don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. So was this the plan all along? Let's drive into this compound with tanks, shoot everyone we possibly can, battering ram through, kill more people, crash two of the tanks inside, murder more guys, save the Chinese billionaire, go to the roof to kill some more dudes, and then climb up to the tower and zip line all of us, including the billionaire, to safety... Seems like they made this mission more difficult on top of the impossible it already was. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. We've got all of Planet Hollywood here. Who are they shooting at? Who cares? They have guns and they're shooting together. That's all that matters.
0: Okay, but... Ah!
1: (laughs) Grenade! Those guys!